This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to the Paranormal Dad's Halloween Special. <laughs> I'm your co-host, Pat. I'm Andy. And I'm Eddie. Join us as we go in search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries here on this very special Paranormal Dads. <laughs> Here we are. Welcome, trick-or-treaters. Happy Halloween. It's the night of the year where I get a bellyache every single time. Man, it's when I wonder, I'm like, did I push myself into diabetes, Bill? <laughs> I love those peanut butter candies that come in the black and the orange wrappers, and you just start chewing on those things, and they're like, take your teeth out. Oh, the old-fashioned ones? Oh, I love those yeah. things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, man, the old-fashioned candy. That's like retirement home candy. We, <laughs> talk, we talked about this at work one time, about like the the best and worst Halloween candies. And I'm like, if somebody puts one more bit of honey in my bag. <laughs> I love bit of honey. <laughs> what about Smarties? Is that on the good end or bad end? Oh, I, I don't like Smarties. Really? I've I never been a Smarties guy. I don't mind the Smarties. Uh, what about black licorice? Where are we on the? Where are we on the? Uh, I like black licorice. I like it in small it. doses. I'll take yeah. it. No, I like it as much as I like uh, root canals. Oh wow, that's <laughs> so much. <laughs> but give me chocolate and peanut butter, and I'm a happy. I'm boy. with you 100. Whoever invented that needs like 10 high fives. I'm gonna take this chocolate, and you know he was like the whack, the, the wacko of the group. I'm gonna take chocolate, and I'm gonna take peanut butter and put them together. You know he probably had that thought when he was like three beers into the night. Exactly. You know, like you're gonna do what? Stop it, Neil! You're dipping everything in peanut butter. <laughs> You put peanut butter in my chocolate. You put chocolate in my peanut butter. And somebody said, wait, guys, wait. He's a genius. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. One of my guilty pleasures at Halloween, especially in the candy front, is... And this is where I'm a total old. This is my retirement home candy for me. Um, Almond Joys. I get a hold of it. I'll eat the heck out of an Almond Joy, man. I love Almond Joys. Because sometimes you feel like a nut. And so, sometimes you do. <laughs> <laughs> or is that Mounds Bar? They're, no, they're both. No, they're, they're both. Yeah, Joy Mounds. Right. Eddie always feels a, a bit nutty, though. So I always feel nutty. So and, welcome. And I am not a urologist. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Halloween special of Paranormal Dads. Uh, we just decided we were going to come out with a special episode just for the day. Yes. And um, we're going to just kind of change it up a little bit this week, or this episode, we're going to be talking about ghosts, Ooh. maybe telling some stories, sharing some Halloween memories, yes. uh, just kind of changing our normal format to just one big Halloween mess. See what comes. <laughs> it's the Monster Mash. We're just, it's a freestyle, basically. It's alive! It's alive! <laughs> but you know what? One thing that there is around uh, that goes hand in hand with Halloween Glow sticks. Am I right? <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Halloween rave! Spooky rave. Spooky rave. <laughs> I wonder when we're going to destroy that bit. 
<laughs> is it already dead? Andy? You know what? I don't think we did it in episode we six. Didn't. Didn't we didn't. We didn't. No. Nope. You know, and the funny thing we has no okay. we have no affiliation with raves. It just got it, it, it <laughs> snuck in the first episode, and we've been riding the wave ever since. I know. People are gonna be like, these guys are professional ravers. It may disappear. <laughs> yeah. It may fade it away. It may fade away. Like, like our family. dignity. And we can just dig it out every once in a while. <laughs> like <laughs> our dignity. <laughs> Resurrect it. Slap a clip on tie on it and <laughs> send it to church. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Halloween. So, um, you guys both have trick-or-treaters this year. I'm kind of, I don't know, I kind of have mixed feelings this year for me. I, I don't have a trick-or-treater this year. Is Colton not trick-or-treating? Colton has hung it up. At least he has, unless he, you know, changes something in the 11th hour. I think he he will. He says he, he just, you know what, I'm just going to stay home and I'm going to pass out the candy this year. And I'm like, you know what? That's cool. How old what is he now? He is in seventh grade, so yeah. he's he's 12? getting up there. He, yeah, he's twelve. Okay, that's that's that weird cusp. So twelve, thirteen, it, it and you're starting to wonder. I don't think I went in high school. Did you guys? Well, I had little brothers, so, so I, you, I was. Yeah. I did not in high school. I was yeah. done by. It was seventh or eighth grade for me as well. What Wait. was the last time that you trick or treated? Like, do you gosh, I can't I remember. Was a, I was a biker. Oh. I, me and my my friend dressed. We dressed up like bikers. Nice. And uh, I remember some like older kid who came to the door to pass out the candy, and he made some snide comment to us like, "Who are you guys supposed to be? You yeah. guys, you know." It, he was kind of insinuating we were too old to be out <laughs> trick or treating, you know. Yeah. So he gave us a hard time about our biker costumes, and I kind of probably decided right then and there, yeah, this is my last year. Yep. Well, when you can ride your motorcycle up to the door, Well, sometimes you do. You get that six foot kid, and you're like, "Man, this like he has a beard. Like, man, this guy either has a pituitary disorder or he's like 19 years old." <laughs> I read a thing, and this isn't to get all like you know weird, but one of the things was, "Hey, don't give don't give teenagers crap for trick or treating. They could be out doing all sorts of crazy oh, stuff, yeah. and instead they're just going around asking for candy. Like, yeah. give them some candy. Yeah. Like, encourage the good behavior. Don't they're they're not smashing pumpkins. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're they're not you know shaving she she. Pouring shaving cream all over someone's car or TPing a house. Exactly. They're just going door to door asking for candy. Give the kid a candy. And if you watch some of the, you know, documentaries on, maybe I'm just a big enough nerd. I'm the only guy who does it. But I like watching these old documentaries on like the history of Halloween. I think one on History Channel is literally called the History of Halloween. Mm -hmm. And it used to be pretty darn malicious. I mean, that's why they started handing out candy and treats is because kids would like burn your house down (laughs) if you didn't give them, you know, the equivalent of a crappy peanut butter and uh, chocolate little thing. Back then it was probably like bread and yeah, bread. butter, exactly. sandwich, <laughs> some figgy Apples. pudding, pile of salt. Figgy pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a rock. Here's a raisin. A stale raisin. <laughs> Thanks, sir. <laughs> May I have Here's another stale bread. liver pudding? Oh, they did. They would like they would set, they would set your house on fire. They would like break windows. They Trick would treat, man. You know, they'd like uh, they they'd refuse to leave and and then finally they decided, "Hey, uh, let's give in. It's like we don't negotiate with terrorists. Oh wait, we might if it if it keeps them well fed. So what will it cost us? A, a Snickers bar? I think we're good. Give I, them a Snickers. I remember an an episode of Little House on the Prairie, and it seemed like they were doing some pretty weird hardcore, uh, tricks. hardcore tricks on people. Yeah, the, the, that the, Nellie Olson. <laughs> Nellie, they were Nasty never Nelly. up to any good. I interviewed her. Did you know that? I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah, you you yeah. saw her. I interviewed Nasty Nellie. Um, we. 
my last time trick-or-treating, I want to say, was probably about the same age. I think I was like 7th, 8th grade when I, when I hung up the old pillowcase. I was like, you know, I think I need to be done with this. And then I ended up going back out with my little brothers when they were old enough and my parents didn't want to go. And they're like, hey, take the kid trick-or-treating, will you? <laughs> so, so I went. And I dressed up because I'm like, I'm not going to go Do you remember what you dressed up as? With my brothers? Time? That No, the, the last time you went? Or did you say the that? The very last time I went, I want to say I went as I did it twice. I went as Casey Jones from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in 1989, 1990. And uh, yeah, I had a golf bag with like a baseball bat in it and a hockey mask. You say that and I look over your shoulder and there's this line of Ninja Turtles up there on the shelf. <laughs> there they are. There they are. <laughs> but that was the last guy I went as, I think. And it's a weird ensemble because you just basically wear blue jeans and have a golf bag with some sporting equipment in the back and a hockey mask on. Which, of course, I didn't know how to play any of the sports. I'm like, here's my golf bat. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that, I guess. Here's what I hit touchdowns with. <laughs> you slim dunk. What about you, Andy? Do you, you know, remember your it's, last time? It's weird. I recall the most bizarre uh, memories from my past, but I, I don't remember what I was the last time that I ever went trick-or-treating. But I, I think it was 7th or 8th grade, and then, yeah. you know, I, I hung up the old, uh, the old uh, pillowcase, as you said, but... You know, the the coolest part is getting to relive it again as with yeah. your own kids. Yeah. You know, and and my daughter's three now, so she's at the, like the perfect age. Last year she was a little gun shy, like she was starting to get the hang of the routine. This year she's she's ready. She yeah. understands she's it. She's, she's she's ready gonna to go. go. She's going to be a crocodile. Oh, and nice, my nice. wife and I are going to be uh, Steve and Terry Irwin, the crocodile ah, hunters. I love it. Complete with shorts. Oh, yeah. I was Steve Irwin a few years ago. Oh, were you really? I was, yeah. I it's, love it. This guy. He's legit one of my real life, like, all-time superheroes. Yep. You know, may, may he rest in peace. But I don't remember what I was the last time that I went trick-or-treating. But as a as a dad of a, a you know, a little tyke uh, trick-or-treater, it's it's... It's great, but it comes with a little bit of guilt too because last year, man, I ate like ninety percent of the candy uh, yeah. that she yeah. that she that she earned going door, door to door with her little tiny legs. That's a lot of work <laughs> for a two year old to go trick or treating. That's like the equivalent of walking eight miles to get that candy, and I just ate it, man. Yeah, I just couldn't stop eating it because <laughs> you know what do we say? Oh well, we don't want her to have cavities. And we're like me, <laughs> that's yeah. sh- that ship sailed. I'll just eat all. I've the given up on these teeth already. That's right. Well, I, I certainly got my share of candy for my kids but the the funny thing is my kids especially especially my youngest colton they they they, they're not big sweet people yeah i mean they they would get all this candy and this candy would be around past valentine's day yeah it'd just be there forever and i remember when i was a kid i mean i think if i had that a week later a week later magical yeah yeah it would be a surprise you know because i I just sat down and I started eating it, shoveling it in. But uh, you know, you know, my kids, you know, they they kind of trade some candy a little bit, but then they kind of put it away and forget about it, and no big deal. It became a black market in my house as a kid. <laughs> we would use the candy as a way to get around chores, bartering. We would like pay. I'd be, hey man, I'll give you three Snickers if you do the dishes tonight. My brother would be like, cool. cool. <laughs> so Done. we would like we would like trade our candy for other things. And There's <laughs> inflation next year. Here's three pieces, no, buddy. This year's four for the four. dishes. Dang it. Uh-uh. 
Give me that Kit Kat. Exactly. <laughs> Not don't you break a piece off. You give me the whole thing. Hey, um, you remember as kids when people would run out of candy and they start handing out pennies or yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or stickers or advice or, or like yeah. whatever. Apples. <laughs> that was gonna be my Stay next in school, kids. That was gonna be my next question was what was the crappiest treat you ever got? <laughs> like like the raisins are always borderline yeah. when somebody's handing out raisins. Uh, the home-baked goods were never any good because they go straight into the trash. Yeah. Oh. We, we couldn't eat those. Yeah, Rice Krispie treats? Yeah, yeah I'm going to eat yeah. that one. Yeah. They're your strychnine treats. <laughs> Get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not eating these. <laughs> Crazy. Um, well, it's a new, it's a new candy bar get, called Rat Poison. <laughs> sometimes you'll get little Cracker Jack-type toys, you know, yeah. little plastic things. It's like, what am I going to do with this? The worst treat I ever got was religious paraphernalia. No, <laughs> no. Or, or propaganda. No. It was a pamphlet about how evil Halloween was. Yeah, Are legit, you serious? Legit. This is no offense to anyone out there who's a devout in their religion. It's just funny. So you're out trick-or-treating. Like, I think it's a total, like, jerk move. Like, oh, yeah. Like, you're totally, like, crapping on the reason why other people are... Whatever. So I was too little to comprehend it. So this is where it's dangerous. <laughs> I was, like, seven or eight years old. This is, like, pre-1987. Mommy, is this paper edible? <laughs> so, no. she ga- So it was even more, like, kind of dark. She gave me a candy bar with this pamphlet taped to it. So I guess it wasn't the worst treat because I got a candy bar still. But then I read the book because it's like I loved like comics. I was kind of and it yeah. was oh and it was drawn like a drawn comic like book. a comic book. It was right. all like engaging looking like appeal to the masses. Exactly. So I'm reading this and it's like, did you know Halloween is a satanic holiday? And I'm like, oh. and I'm like reading it. And it had like a kid on fire in hell. <laughs> he was in hell. <laughs> <laughs> If only I hadn't practiced a satanic holiday. And it was like all the reasons to not trick or treat. And it was like people used to put razor blades in apples. And I'm looking at this candy bar. I threw the candy bar away. Because I was terrified she had done something yeah. to it. I'm like, Boop. Probably better off. So that was the most. That sticks in my head to this day. It was That's awful. It was uh, in the same context of me being scared the most I'd ever been scared on Halloween at the same time. So I'll bring that up in a second. But. That's, that was the hands down. Awful. Oh, and then you've got the trick-or-treaters, usually towards the end of the night. They'll show up with no costume whatsoever. Yeah, no, yeah, you get them. It's like you're not even trying. It's like, right. really? Yeah. Yeah, guy had like a Wolverine T-shirt on. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. Wolverine. You're wearing a Wolverine T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Give me candy. Yeah. I, uh, and you don't say no, you know, because they're bigger than you right. are. Right, and exactly. they're, they're going to TP your house if you my don't. Kid, my kid's in the car seat. They need some candy. <laughs> All right, here you go. Um uh, real quick, what was the best treat you ever got on Halloween? Well, for me, keep, it's always keep the, it clean, the full-size candy bars. Yeah. Yes. Whenever, you know, you always knew the houses that you gave it. you the full-size candy bars. They did it every year, and you would always hit those houses. As if a, you hit no other houses, you'd go to those ones. The full candy bar houses. I There was a house uh, in this neighborhood that <laughs> would do... My mom didn't let us buy soda a whole bunch. Like, the notion of buying it in a giant... 12 pack and bringing it home and keeping it in your fridge was never a thing like in our house it was like you, that was kool-aid you were make make some kool-aid if you want a sweet drink but otherwise you're drinking water which is ironic because you would pour like eight gallons of sugar into the kool-aid mix right? we're healthy around here. yeah i know yeah. um but uh, there was a house that would give out like soda cans like and it was like oh, a, yeah. and it was like yeah. a cornucopia too it wasn't like my kids one. are always excited to get even if they were like the little half soda cans, yeah. the little cans. Yeah. But they were always so excited to get pop. Yeah. For, for they drop it in the Halloween. bag and it crushes all your Smarties. <laughs> pop worth it. it. <laughs> worth it. <laughs> it crushes all the bit of honey and Pat's crazy. 
But you're excited about the pop because it was a treat. It was. It was just cool, and I think it made your bag heavier, so you felt like like more yeah. like a gangster yeah. trick or treater. Like <laughs> I got someone candy. I'm making progress here. Exactly. How about you, Andy? Best treat? Yeah, for me, you know, I grew up down in uh, North Omaha, and there was always uh, kind of rumblings or rumors that right up on Florence Boulevard, last house on the right, there was a guy that was handing out king size Russell Stover's candy bars, oh. the Rolls Royce of candy. Uh-huh. You know, so of course you made a beeline. <laughs> go go go! This is totally unethical. I swear we Your went there falls twice. Down. It's like we, we went there and then we cycled back around and like we just like we just like altered our costume slightly and went back for we've, another we've one. We've done that before, yeah. <laughs> Change the costume a little, yeah. you know, <laughs> trade masks or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm not Superman, I'm in, I'm incredible man. <laughs> I'm Spider-Man Prime. <laughs> huh. Huh. Weird. I'll be damned. Here's a candy bar, kid. It's just so cool that people go through the trouble of, of doing king size candy that bars. Is next or level. I mean, it's just great, you know. And and I think maybe somewhere out there there's people who still go the extra yard, you know, the extra mile and do things like that. But it's magical. You can't get those years back, you no. know, and 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 some of the best memories are just the the years trick or treating that was something was abnormal. You know the years where you can barely see your costume because you have to wear so many coats. And, yes. Right. Or you just look like the you know the Michelin Man because you, you're wearing like three coats and then your costume's on top over of it. the top. Right. Yeah. We wised up, especially like I you know I grew up for a good clip in like upstate New York and Virginia. But in Virginia, even in the winter, even October, it never gets as cold as it does here. You can just wear your costume and you're fine. And I felt so bad for the kids because they picked these costumes a couple of years and they had to wear these giant coats over the top of them. And so we started implementing, like, we're going to pick a costume that works with their coat, like a coat. So, like, right. one year, Elise was a lion and it was basically like this giant plush lion suit that was right. warm, you know. So we tried to creatively work them into a, a warm costume. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one year I, when I was still trick-or-treating age, I was probably, I don't know, eight nine years old this is late 70s and and me and my brother went as batman and robin and like you said it was one of those cold years where i got the batman costume i kind of look like a fat batman because i had this coat on <laughs> you're fat man <laughs> i was fat man he was robin but, was it 1966 robin with the shorts oh that's probably what we we're shooting for because oh, that's no. what we we're familiar with you know this yeah. is before the michael keaton batman sure, movies yeah. and, and everything that came came after that so we're batman and robin we come up to this house Knock on the door. This guy opens the door. He's got a leather coat on and his head tucked into the coat. So the coat's pulled up over his head. So he's a headless dude headless. opening the door. Yeah. And he just opens that door and he's like, Whoa! And my brother went flying <laughs> off those steps. It was like Robin was Superman. He could fly. Now, he went flying out of there. And I was probably not far behind him either. Yeah. And it's like, oh. We're not going back to that house next year. We're done. We're done. I'm Fat man probably went home after that. <laughs> but I'm glad you mentioned that. I was going to ask you what was the worst, as a child, what was the worst time you'd ever been scared? That was probably a, it. I could just picture, hey, Robin just laid an egg. Yeah, so scared. <laughs> Batmobile did indeed lose a wheel. I, For me, it was very similar. I was, oh, that was me. Sorry. Karate chop on the table. I was uh, about the same age, like eight or nine. And that was the same, no, that was the year before I was Optimus Prime. I think I was He-Man one year, where they had the, 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 the vinyl, like, apron you'd wear with the cheap mask. And walked up, and it was a classic setup, and I had never seen this as a kid, so it was like a genius move, but you guys can see it a mile away now. 
go up to this guy's porch, and there's a scarecrow sitting in the in the rocking chair with a bowl of candy in its lap, and with a sign next to it that said "Take." take only one piece. Right. And I was like, well, and I was a good Mormon boy. I'm taking one piece, <laughs> man. I'm not going to be taking. So I go over and I'm like, oh, my mom's like, all right, we'll get one piece. And I go to take one piece and there's a guy in the, in the and he's got hay sticking out. So he's selling this. I mean, he's right. got, and he gets up and he, you know, and I scream. <laughs> Did you punch I, him in the face? No, man. Uh, at that age, I was all flight, man. There was no fighting me at all. I turned and I remember being so terrified, like you said, I don't think my feet touched the ground. I booked it so hard. I was just screaming. I couldn't. I think the whole night was ruined at that point for me. I was done. I think there were some years, now that you mentioned that, that we came across similar situations. Keep and, going. And those guys probably got a bag of candy in the face or in the <laughs> leg or something. I, I seem to remember using my candy bag as a weapon yeah. a few times. <laughs> And hopefully it was after he had the soda can in there. Some extra <laughs> exactly. Get some torque behind that thing. Pinwheel it over your head. How, how about you, Andy? How about you? You know, as a, I must have been really young. Very, very young. Probably three or four. But And it wasn't even that scary in hindsight. But it was just unexpected. There was just a lady dressed as a cat with the little cat ears. And she had like a you know, little cat nose and some face paint. And I, up until that point, I had never seen anyone dressed up in costume handing out candy. So I'm like, wait. That's supposed to be a person, but she looks like a cat. You know, mind blown. Uh-huh. That's probably three, and, yeah. I, and I think I remember being held, so I must have been pretty small. And you were like, and it was, um, it was just, yeah, I was just scared. Yeah. Know, plus, the house uh, itself looked a little creepy, so yeah. that didn't help too. Yep. It's weird because I feel like as time has gone on, more and more houses seem to. There's more Halloween decorations out there now oh, than yeah. I ever remember. There it's being. like Christmas now. It's almost Christmas level. So like the notion of as a kid, houses that had special lights or soundtrack. I mean, you maybe had a house playing like a spooky soundtrack right. or something. Yeah. But that was about maybe the extent of it. Now it's like next well, level. You had people with jack lanterns with candles in them. Yeah. On their steps. You yeah. know, that that yeah. was pretty much it. Now it's like hey, everything's scaled up. Everything's Ooh. next level. Multi-billion dollar industry. And, you know, people go to Home Depot's or Lowe's or Target. And there's like aisle after aisle after aisle of Halloween stuff. That happened to Elise one year. We're in our old neighborhood. We were walking around. You may have been with us. I don't, you may have remembered this. She was little. She was a little peanut. She was like seven or eight. And we're walking. We had this one house that would do a haunted garage. You had to walk through the garage to get the candy. And she starts to go through the garage, like, because she's like, okay, well, Daphne went and some other older kids went. So Elise was like, well, I think I'll go. And Gwen was a baby. So she, we didn't have her going out. Um, so Elise starts to go in. And a guy hanging out by the outside of the haunted garage moves at her. is like, Ugh. and she lost it and she got so scared she didn't react she just got completely ashen faced she didn't run and scream she turned around 180 and just walked slowly down the end of the garage and, and goes bald. and goes I'm going home oh, and, then just, and then just she shut down yes, yeah, I think I was with you I remember that it turned her off the next year no trick or treating she did not even go outside are you serious dead serious and she was still little like 8 years little, old little she was like 9 Garden. And not she was going. like, not She's worth like, it. I got candy in here. My parents got candy. <laughs> it's safe. There's, it's warm. My mom made yeah. pumpkin stew. I'm good. And so she like, and so she ended up going back out a couple of years yeah. later. But that next year, no, no bueno, not doing it at all. It was very. She just turned around. I'm going. Home. I'm going. Home. <laughs> that was the most funny. Oh, God. funny but sad. Oh, 
Oh, it was just, they ruined it. And they felt so bad. They were apologizing to her. I bet. And it was like, don't worry. She's, it's, you're fine. She's, here, let she's me turn bad. off my gas-powered chainsaw. Sorry, kid. Yeah. It's just, it just a goof. <laughs> she was so bad. Anyway, sorry. You were saying something. I had to get that out before I forgot. Well, it seems like, you know, we are kind of talking about decorating. And, and where I grew up, and I'm sure you guys are probably in similar neighborhoods, that there was always that one house in the neighborhood, maybe an older house Kids wouldn't dare go up to it. They always had the porch light off. And we had one house in particular in our neighborhood that we believe two witches lived there. They were sisters, old ladies. Uh, And they even had weird, you know, not weird, but... They had names like Hazel and Nellie or something oh, something it's, like it's that. It's a little you different know? then, yeah. Total yeah. witches. I'm and, with you already. <laughs> and their house was unkept. You know, it needed to be badly painted. It was just this white, almost gray-looking type house. Uh, kind of a, a fence, iron fence in the front. Oh, you know, man. Just... It seemed like every neighborhood has them. But now, you know, so many kids live out in the suburbs and all the houses are the same. And, right. And... They almost need to decorate just to kind of give some kind of a spooky impression. Because every house bit. looks the same out right. here. That that was always one of the fun houses to walk by on Halloween night. You almost kind of pick up the pace a little bit just to get by that <laughs> one by. house. Let's walk a little faster. <laughs> yeah, I, I moved a lot growing up, so we didn't really have... And I lived on military bases a lot, so you talk about houses looking the same. These houses were the same. I mean, they were just like a cookie cutter. Put, 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 put. We needed like one of two colors you could paint your house. So not a lot of that like, oh, the house is haunted... But uh, and this is some next level. I don't know how. I don't know how house. We, we we don't mind making this a little scary, do we? No, no. Um, let's get into the spooky part of this. If this is where you do listen to this with your children, you may want to consider like vetting this story because and I will church this up a little bit so I'm not scaring everybody. But in Orlando, Florida, when I lived there, there was an an old uh, tuberculosis hospital that had gotten retrofitted into an insane asylum that then got retrofitted into being completely abandoned. It was just done. And so, like, every city that... So, really, sunshine and rainbows in there, basically. <laughs> it's, funny you, it's funny you have that term, that nomenclature there because the name of the place was called Sunnyland. Oh, yes. And that's what it was called. And so this is completely true. Right uh, next to Disney World. Well, here's the funny part. So, like, any city, like, over time, it, you know, it spreads out. So Sunnyland, when it was built, was on the outskirts of town. It was in the middle of nowhere. Well, you know, as cities grow, it became not the middle of nowhere. It was smack dab in the middle of Orlando. But it was smack dab in the middle of a very large forested area that they did build houses around. But very much, this, this place very much had a giant... I mean, it's hard to estimate the size, probably several acres, like, you know, maybe even into the double digits of acres before you got into any kind of houses. But the idea was when I was in high school and shortly after high school uh, in this, in Orlando, there was, it was completely just an abandoned insane asylum. And so like a lot of high schoolers uh, tend to do, um, we thought it would be super fun to go and check out this abandoned insane asylum. And so we did. And I went... I went to this place a grand total of three times, and that was two times too, frankly, three times too many, definitely two times too many. Um, so the first time we went, it was just a scary like place, and of course, like anything, just the, this this mono, and they had a weird style of architecture back then because I guess these epidemics of tuberculosis 
were just like they had to build giant hospitals for these people you know mm -hmm. and so this thing was just massive and it looked so gothic and scary it had this architecture in it that was like it was not inviting it gargoyles like, on the outside <laughs> it had this weird like like just detailing in there and so the point was and i don't know how anybody would have gotten up to this thing but like anything abandoned it had been taken over by transients and ne'er-do-wells and all sorts of things and someone thought it really really clever and this is where it's like you kind of do this weird thing in your brain like someone's just purposely trying to make this extra scary but sometimes it's just scary so we get up to the entrance of this place and it's all fenced off and of course the fence is kind of ripped open and you walk in and and uh, a bl emblazoned atop the entrance in spray paint, and I don't know how anybody would have gotten up to this thing. These these taggers, these these like graffiti artists, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they even They're ninjas, Spiderman, way up there in huge letters, spray painted, "Abandon all hope, ye who enter." And oh, so no. I'm like, okay, so we go in. <laughs> of course, and I abandoned my hope, like it said. <laughs> I mean, I'm not your fault. Rule follower. <laughs> exactly. Took my shoes off, um, walked around, and. And uh, we get into this place, and there is, this is where I'm not going to get overly descriptive, but there are some of the most um, frightening-looking murals that people had decided to paint on the walls, depicting all sorts of uh, visual things that are uh, not pleasing to the mind nor spirit <laughs> on any level. And it was very intimidating and scary-looking. I'm like, wow, we're in a dark place. Uh, there was obvious signs of, of tomfoolery and shenanigans. I'll leave that. I'll leave that as vague as I can possibly leave that. Oh, gosh. There was legitimate, like, oh, something not nice happened here. We should probably not hang out much like longer. Like bodily fluids kind of thing, or what? Uh, I mean... I mean, beer bottles and stuff like that? No, no. I wish it was just beer bottles. Oh. <laughs> um, let's just say there was evidence of... Um, wildlife that had been had its life cut short in certain rooms. Oh, oh boy! Yeah, and uh, yeah, and and displayed upon walls and floors and things that like that. That sounds <laughs> terrifying. It's oh a scary gosh. place. I'm not gonna. Jeez. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to uh, sugarcoat it. So the point is, we're looking around. We have flashlights. You know, we're doing. We're going, so oh gosh. this is in the dark. We're at night. Oh. <laughs> It's scary, and we're truly rebellious because I also had a. This is kids. Don't judge Eddie here. Um, I had a thing of Zemo with me. This gives the let's get crazy with this Zemo. <laughs> so we're looking around this place, and there there comes a point where you've had enough, and I'm like, I gotta go. I've seen some things that I'll never forget, and it's you bad. You can't unsee some of this I stuff. can't unsee this stuff, so we're going to go. And we made our way out, and I did get turned around a little bit. This place is a labyrinth. It's very easy to get lost. Was anyone leaving with you or you're by yeah, yourself? Yeah, we were, no. I was we going to say, jeez. We so what, what's, we, what becomes obvious is that there is, like I said, tomfoolery and shenanigans, but there's people who reside here. Right. There's, like, evidence of, like, hobo camps and things like that. And they weren't there then. And eventually it starts to dwell, dawn on you, I don't want to be here when someone when gets, they come home. gets here. And so we decided to pack it up. 
And so we're leaving, and we got a little bit turned around. Like, we knew the direction we were going, but just the rooms are very, like I said, labyrinthian and, and, uh, and easy to get turned around in. And so we got a little bit turned around, and then leaving, we ended up in, this sounds so sad, we ended up in the basement area, mm -hmm. which would, had been flooded. Uh, Florida has a very high or high water table, so you right. can, in, in this place was completely unkempt, unkept. So the basement had flooded. And probably smelled musty. It, and it was just, horrible, and yeah. it was like water that if you had gone into, you'd be up to like your waist in water. Like you just didn't. But there were these like beds, hospital beds, floating atop the water that had those leather restraints on them. Oh, and dude, this is like something out of a horror movie. Like, <laughs> this is I, I saw. <laughs> I couldn't make something up that's this scary. Yeah, you, no, you were there. I saw it, and so I'm like, okay, now we really got to make sure we get out of here. And we did. We got in the cars and we left. And then in my brain, I'm like, and I'm never coming back. But I did because <laughs> as I got older, my my brother right behind me uh, was only three years younger, and he got to an age where I'm like, you gotta see a place. You gotta see this place. Exactly, you know. So we go out there, and the second time was completely uneventful. This is the third and last time. The second time I went out there, drove around. Oh, it's creepy, and then left. The third time and the last time I went there with my brother, we go there, we do a perimeter thing, we start to go inside. He'd had enough already he's like the the vibes and the and we talked about on one of our previous episodes and we've mentioned this before too you go to a place and you get an instant feeling like this is mad like i should not be here this place definitely i mean it had a dark like cloud over it and then you go there if you're even remotely sensitive you would be like and and i'd be lying if i said i didn't feel it but i have a pretty good strong ability to kind of push past those kinds of things i'm like you know let's just keep going Why not? what's the worst we'll see ah i know what's it oh man so we go in and we get up to the gate we start to weasel you know back in abandon all hope you who enter <laughs> so again you check your hope at the door exactly put your hope right here and you'll get it back when you leave it's okay maybe and he he was like no we got like five steps in he's like nope i'm done let's go and i'm like okay like there's nothing good. It doesn't get better, you know? And so I'm like, so we'll go. And so we go to my car. And I didn't give I'm not like that kind of older brother. You whip. Like, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Huh? Yeah, no. Get in the car. Start to drive away. A car, his headlights just turn on behind us. Uh, and I'm like, somebody's here. Geez. So we start to leave. And this car gets up, like, speeds up behind us to where they're, like, right on my butt. And it's way late at night. I mean, it's probably, like, 2, 2.30 in the morning. So there's no reason for, I mean, there's no reason for us to be out. Yeah. There's certainly no reason for anyone like them and to be, like, that close to us. Long story short, this ended in me speeding down the road trying to get them away from us. And they, and eventually, as at the time, I'm like, who was in here? Is it cultist people? What's happening? Now I know people were just messing with us. But the point was, like, I was doing everything I could to shake these people, and they were having the probably the time of their lives, high-fiving each other, laughing their heads off. The point was... Then the flashing lights came on, and they exactly. pulled you over for speeding. <laughs> I, was, I was certain we were going to get pulled over, but we did not. And, uh, and uh, the point was, it's a dark, ugly, nasty place. They ended up tearing it down. And it's a park now. <laughs> I can only imagine it's the most haunted park in the world. <laughs> and the swings swing by themselves. Yes. The seesaws go up and down. It's the, it's the best. It's a, it's a no fun place. Yeah, I think I would just drive straight to Disney World and like go on. It's a small world. I or can't something. recommend. Go get on Dumbo. Yeah, exactly. Just get all this badness <laughs> out of my brain. I would. I would say. I'd I need recommend, some sugar. I know, please, please. <laughs> I'd recommend looking it up just to see the history of it online. But uh, yeah, right now it's called like Sunnyland Park, 
and it's just a park. Wow. People go there and throw frisbees and play and all that fun stuff. And it's probably <laughs> the best use for it right now. So anyway, I'm sorry. I kind of hijacked that. That's my scary story that happened for real. I, I thought I knew you pretty well. I've never heard that story I before. That's a dark that one. one. I don't tell that yeah. a lot. But it, oh, I, thought it I just got goosebumps when you were talking about the beds with the with the restraints floating in the It was the terrifying. Basement. It was oh terrifying. Oh, my gosh. I, you know, this one, like you said before, like there, there's images you see in real life that you just never forget. And that's right. one of the ones, too. I'm like, oh, man. I can't believe. It's one of those you can't believe you did. And this is where my like why not nature can come to, sometimes gets you into trouble. So sometimes you gotta say like yeah, you know maybe I don't do that. <laughs> but if you don't go to the abandoned insane asylum, why do you? <laughs> Orlando's not such a bad place. <laughs> well, it's good to see that you were such a good role model for your brothers. Too. I know. <laughs> Let's go check out. <laughs> Have you ever taken your siblings to an abandoned insane asylum? Tell us more. At paranormaldads.com. <laughs> Well, my, my scary story for this segment uh, is a little closer to, to home. It, the house that I grew up in was actually in North Omaha. If you're familiar with North Omaha, it was right on uh, Reddick Avenue by Miller Park. Uh, and, and a lot of fond memories growing up, you know, playing sports over there at Miller Park. And we grew up, and, and I actually lived in the house that I grew up in all through college before I moved out. So it was nice stability. But Beautiful house, old house, uh, almost 100 years old, I think, uh, you know, it was built in the early 1900s and beautiful woodwork, you know, beams on the ceiling. But the the basement was kind of creepy. It had an unfinished basement. It had a bomb shelter in it. And not only that, yeah, it was like you you go into the bomb shelter and it's all concrete inside Um, and and it's really safe. But the creepy part was there was a red wooden door that that shut that 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 entered into the bomb shelter and the one lone window on the red wooden door was blacked out oh and so it's like it was just mystery of like what was in there and on the few occasions that me and my brother snuck in there was really creepy vibes the basement in general was kind of spooky it had a stairs leading up to the main floor those kind of stairs where there's a gap in between each stair and underneath was a little crawl space that was dark and cobwebbed and unfinished. So, you know, after watching scary movies and our playroom was down there in the basement, it was like an unfinished room that had carpeting down um. and it was fun. But every time we'd shut off the lights and go up the stairs, I just always had this image of a hand reaching oh, out God. between one of the gaps in the See, stairs and grabbing me. my foot. <laughs> and... The story I'm about to tell doesn't even take place down there. It takes place on the stairway that goes from the main floor up to the upstairs. Now, the standing rule in the house was don't waste electricity, right? So the last person who was up at night, turn off all the lights in the living room before you come upstairs. Well, that person was always me because I've always been a night owl and no one else in my family was. And so I'd shut off all the lights and... You'll really be able to relate to this part if, if you've ever had the feeling of walking up the stairs and having something or somebody, the feeling of somebody chasing you, you know, or watching up you. Up the stairs or whatever. <clears throat> yeah. And so I get this feeling every night and it would cause me to either walk really quickly up the stairs and hustle into my bedroom door and, and shut, slam the door. There were times I even ran up the stairs because yeah. it felt like a presence was like literally chasing me as I went up the stairs and I couldn't see anything. It was just a feeling. I do that as an adult I, sometimes. You know, <laughs> I've never done it as an adult, but I know exactly what you're talking about because I did that as a kid in in my old house. <laughs> it's just like there's something something behind me. I gotta get up the stairs, and yeah. you just go up as fast as you can. Yeah. And it, it was it was kind of a creepy feeling. And so one night, 
and I only got that feeling when I shut off the last light. Because as soon as it got dark, then I had that feeling. Yeah. When the lights were on, it was good. So one night I, I said, screw it, I'm going to leave this lamp on. Walked up the stairs, and I was still a little bit um, on edge, but it wasn't as scary. I didn't have that feeling that somebody was following me. And so the next morning, my mom goes, you know, hey, Andy, were you last one to bed last night? Why, why did you leave the light on? And I, I just came clean, and I was like, because every dang time I turn off that light, something or I feel like a spirit or a ghost is following me. And, you know, my mom, she didn't belittle me or make fun of me. She just kind of shrugged her shoulders because she didn't feel that. She's extremely down to earth and not really sensitive to those types of things. And as my brother and my sister kind of caught wind of that, they they kind of like nodded their heads and was like, oh, yeah, we feel that too all the time. Can we leave the light on too? And so all of us, it just became a standing rule to leave that light on. Now, I kind of had this intuition or, or a sixth sense that the the spirit was not malicious. It was just in my mind, I just pictured it was a little girl, uh, a ghost, a little girl ghost who was afraid of the dark. And, and that, that's why I just assumed or had this intuition that that's why she was following me up the stairs is because she was afraid she's to be alone in the too. dark. She doesn't want to right. be Right, she's afraid. Alone. And so when I, when I started to view it in that light, I was like, oh, I'm not afraid of this ghost. I feel sorry for her. Oh. So, excuse me. I, so I didn't share this with, with my brother or sister or my mom. I just kind of kept it to myself. Okay, it's a little girl ghost. So not sharing it with anybody. A couple years go by. And, you know, I come out of the psychic closet and, you know, so to speak, and I, I, you know, start to give psychic readings. And and so kind of everything starts to unravel. Come to find out my family's extremely open-minded. My sister's intuitive. She's been sensing things and seeing things. Long story short, she ends up sharing with us that it's uh, that she saw the, the, the ghost of a little girl standing at the top of the stairs in the hallway by her room, a little girl wearing a, re- a white dress. She was kind of like half translucent, so she was solid enough that she could absolutely see this was a little girl. But it was translucent enough that she could virtually see right through her. So she gets to the top of the stairs and she needs to get in her bedroom, which is basically right behind this ghost. The ghost is blocking it, like, you know. Wow. And so I, it just I, it kind of makes me smile because in, in my mind I'm thinking she was like a football running back who does yeah. a spin move <laughs> to yeah. get away from the ghost and, and throws her door open and slams it shut. But, you know, at that point I, I just, I was like slack-jawed and I was like, oh my God. I was like, it's funny that you said you saw a little girl ghost because that's who I've always thought it to be. Yeah. And so that was just kind of proof positive or confirmation. And my brother never saw anything. He just felt that same presence in the house. But for as long as I lived there, even all the way you know through college before I moved out, it was always the same thing. So we, we just got in the habit of leaving that living room lamp on down there for that for that little girl ghost. Yeah, and turn it off in the morning. Turn it off in the morning. <laughs> no, no biggie. And then, you know, once we kind of came clean with that and, you know, once the three of us were, were grown adults... My mom shared something with us about that house that was extremely eerie. And I'm glad, I'm so glad she never told this to us in our youth or else I would not have slept. (laughs) And my mom's not prone to metaphysical or paranormal occurrences. She's extremely down to earth. She's an x-ray technician. She's very logical, rational. And she said that um, when when we were all kids, there was several occurrences throughout the years where she would wake up and she would look out into the hallway from her bed because she always slept with her bedroom door open. She would look out into the hallway, and the entire hallway was glowing red. It was like bathed in red light. 
And I was like, what do you mean? Like, maybe, like, the brake lights from a car were shining through the window or something? And she said, no, it was, like, it was all red. Like, all red. Like, as if someone turned a floodlight on with, like, a, a red filter. And she said it was just glowing red. And she, and I was like, and you never told us that? Like, did you ever get up to investigate? Like, did you see anything else? Did you hear anything? Did you sense anything? She said, no, I just kind of thought, wow, that's weird, and then I'd roll over and go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what? How do you go back to sleep after seeing that? I mean... Yeah. And it wasn't the Kenny Rogers chicken across the street with their neon lights. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it was uh, Miller Park was across the street from us, so her window backed right up to the park, and there was nothing out there. Wow. Not not, not even a parking lot nearby where it could have been brake could've lights. Could have been brake lights or no. something. That goes to show you the ability for some people to be able to shut that off. And be like, man, listen, I, I got to work tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to bed. Yeah, exactly. I've done that, too. I mean, I've done both. Where you look into it, or other times you're like, I heard a weird noise. Yeah. I'm, I'm going just, to sleep. I'm going to roll over. Yeah. I'm too tired for this. <laughs> when it comes to weird noises in the middle of the night, you know what always helpful is when you have a dog or a cat, because then you can just blame it. Ah, it's, that's uh, Muffy. Uh, yeah, maybe Maybe she yeah, has gas, or maybe that's the cat running through the house, but... Uh, if you don't have a, a pet to blame it on, then you kind of get the willies. But <laughs> I had a dog fart set off a carbon monoxide detector one time. <laughs> no way. Legit. A dog, yeah. a dog yeah. farted right in front we had of it. We had a bigger dog at the time. Remember our dog, Athena, we had? She was a part black lab, part part collie. Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd sleep up, curled up next to the bathroom where we had the uh, uh, carbon monoxide detector. And she just cut one. And it set it off. And it was like, it was beeping. And I'm like, I smelled poop. I'm like, what the? Oh, there's a carbon monoxide detector going off. And we called. Anyway, the point was, it was a dog. That is dog a spooky fart. story. I know, right? What 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 do you have, Pat? Some scariness. Well, uh, I, I don't have anything local. But uh, I do have a story about an actress from the 1930s. Uh, her name was Peg Entwistle. She was a Welsh-born uh, English uh, stage and screen act actress. Peg began her stage career in 1925, appearing in several Broadway productions, and she appeared only in one film, which was unfortunately released after her death. Oh. She, she emigrated from England to America, lived in Ohio and Boston, and settled in New York, New York City with her father and her two younger brothers. And she was taken under her wing the wing of her uncle who was a manager for Broadway actors and That's crazy. she got into acting and and uh, appeared in some small Broadway plays small parts and just kind of started working her way up the entertainment ladder she started to gain some success and and there was even a young Betty Davis who saw her act in some plays and she said I wanted to be exactly like Peg Entwistle when I grow up. So oh, this wow. is Betty, the Betty Davis, wow. saying that about this actress. Eventually, uh, you know, the, this is about 1932 and, and, and you're at the height of the depression and uh, things in New York kind of dry up. So she moves to California, go, go off to Hollywood to try to make it in, in the movie business. Well, she has, again, some, some small success in, in plays and eventually lands a movie role Unfortunately, the movie role turns out to be a smaller role than they initially led on. And, and they ended up editing the film, and then she found out she was that part had become even smaller, and she was very despondent over this. And, 
she had, uh, you know, tried out for some other parts and things never really worked out for her. And she was just kind of getting dragged down by the whole being famous thing. Yeah. So one night she decides uh, to go for a walk and she tells her uncle, I'm going out for a walk. Well, she wanders up into the Hollywood Hills. Uh, at the time, they had that big Hollywood land sign up there. Now, nowadays, it's just the Hollywood sign. They took yeah. the land part out later. But uh, she found a ladder on the letter H, uh, where a workman had left a ladder there. And she climbed up at the top of the H. And poor Peg Entwistle decided to end her life. She jumped off the H and committed suicide. She was dead. What the H? Yeah. So, uh, next day, uh, a female... You just couldn't <laughs> help yourself, Daddy. Sorry. <laughs> May she She's going to haunt the hell out of you tonight. Uh, you know. So, the next day... Uh, I've been to the state asylum. I can handle it. <laughs> uh, a female hiker finds parts of her clothing, her, her some of her possessions, and and sure enough, a few days later, the police find the body at the bottom of a cliff. And that was the end of, uh, of Peg. But the story doesn't end there. Because just a few days later, her uncle's going through the mail, and he finds a letter addressed to Peg. And it's so sad that people choose to, to go to this extreme in hard times. He finds this letter that is from uh, a playhouse in Beverly Hills, offering her the starring role of their next production and yeah. so that was her big opportunity and she was just a few days short of attaining it and it was never to be the the story goes that now in that area of hollywood in the hollywood hills that people are starting to see the ghost of peg and whistle wandering around you know there there was a couple out walking their dog and they come across this woman who just looked very sad and down but she was dressed in period clothing of like the 1930s oh, wow. and she uh, you know they, they figure we're in Hollywood yeah. you know nothing right, not, nothing exactly. extreme about that you know maybe she's coming home from work or something right exactly well you know and, and stories like this keep keep popping up you know even the rangers at that park around the Hollywood sign have reported seeing um, translucent uh, women in 1930s period clothing fitting Peg's description wandering about the Hollywood Hills. Um, and so one, one of the, uh, the things about that part that she didn't, didn't get, the, the character in that play would have committed suicide as part of the play. Oh, so that's that, a weird that, that synchronicity. Was, that was kind of a weird... That's so weird. Weird happening. Let's it was see. like art imitating life or the opposite. I yeah, don't even know how opposite. you look at that. That's, oh, that's weird. Uh, there, there, was, there was another park ranger that stated um, she normally makes her presence known very late at night, especially when it's foggy and always in the vicinity of the Hollywood sign. He also claimed to have encountered the scent of gardenias in the area as well. And is and, that significant? And... He says, I've smelled it several times and always when any flowers around have been closed um, because of the cold weather, you know, um, so you wouldn't normally be smelling gardenias at that, uh, that point in time. It's a good smelling ghost. So huh. apparently, you know, she had something with gardenias. Um, he's, he says, I, I don't think I've ever smelt 
gardenias in the summertime and hmm. and uh well at least they're not setting off uh <laughs> carbon monoxide detectors like any dog i know right <laughs> that so, is crazy so anyway that that is the story of peg entwistle and she's probably one of the better known ghosts around hollywood i'm sure hollywood's just full of all kinds of ghost stories yeah here it's a really i've it's heard a, that it's a very it's dramatic a place super haunted anyways. place oh i could imagine i you know have you guys been to la before I, I I've have. been to parts of it. Uh, never really got into L- L.A. proper. Uh, I was more in the San Diego areas yeah. and kind of passed around L.A. as much as I possibly could to, yeah. to get to San Diego. I was there. It was a breakneck trip. I was there for a weekend, and uh, we did walk around the uh, observatory, which I think is actually kind of near that area. Isn't it in the same park area? Uh, it, it could be. I'm not. I'm not sure. I thought it was. I thought it was fairly close to the Hollywood. Then there's a just a gigantic like park area. But there is a heaviness there, man. I'm telling you, like I, you know, I don't claim to be psychic or anything like that at all. But something you walk into a place, you can feel the vibe of it sometimes. And uh, overall, it was just it felt very like heavy. That's the yeah. way I describe it. Yeah. I feel like Marty McFly. There's <laughs> <laughs> that word again. Heavy. heavy. <laughs> so. Well. There's ghosts out there, folks, and and if you haven't seen one yet, it might just be a matter of time before you do. You know, my uh, my experience at the insane asylum was more just kind of like people just doing weird stuff. I do have, and and I'll I'll be brief on this one here, um, an experience where I've never seen anything. I've never seen a thing. But uh, for a while, I worked in an office where I would be there quite late at night. Um, we're getting like 1, 2 in the morning sometimes, maybe even later, depending on what it was. I was doing IT, Pat. You can, <laughs> you can empathize with this. You can't work on someone's machine when they're using it, so you got to work on it when they're not there. And sometimes it just worked out better if I got into work around 5 in the evening and then stayed late to get it all take, kind of taken care of. And so when I had some of these nights like this, um, I started having like strange disembodied like sounds and even like uh like um interactions with me that over time or several times took on some form of what i would just call intelligence and everything from my chair getting kind of gently tugged on the back of my office chair which i could just feel it i'm sitting at my desk leaning forward working and i all of a sudden feel the back of my chair get a slightest little pull like someone had come by to kind of get my attention, you know, like like what happens in an office. They nudge the chair. Someone nudges the chair, and my weight's leaning forward. So certainly, if I, anything happens, I would be, you know. But the, the 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 force is backward, and I feel it several times on my chair. That happened quite a bit, and it cul- it culminated. I think that was right. And in culminated. Culminated. Thank you. <laughs> in with uh, hearing um, footsteps, and I was leaving the building, and I heard. Uh, ever-increasing loud footsteps coming towards me down this long tiled hallway and I wasn't walking and nobody else was there and it was super late at night and I heard this this series of steps and the janitor had gone home hours ago so uh, so um, later on I asked the janitor flat out um, the, the different night when he had showed up hey man every so often do you um, hear footsteps and weird kind of noises I never heard a voice but noises and he takes his headphones out and he goes man why do you think I wear headphones for (laughs) oh yeah like he was like like, all the time all the time dude all the time and he had said the same thing like like you said before like not being a skeptic like nothing is true nothing is real but he was like, a lot of times, it's the building. It's always the, it's, it's the building just settling, making weird noises. 
He goes, but every so often, yeah, footsteps, things like that. Yeah. He's like, I'm not, I'm not playing that game. So like, <laughs> like, like, I legitimately had that. It was a very like uh, distinct uh, impression that left the movie. But I, after, I think it was the building because I've never experienced anything like that since then. So. Well, I don't know if you guys saw the video I posted on the Paranormal Dad's Facebook Did you page. watch it? I watched it. I didn't watch I it. my pants. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, there's this video going viral. You know, it's Halloween or it's coming, you know, up. coming up. or um, Now and, it is. And now it is. <laughs> and, and this video is going viral. What, what it is, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you need to Google it. Uh, or go to our Facebook page. Go to our Facebook page. It's... Um, it's about a, a haunted high school in, I think, uh, in Ireland. And what happened was the school had recently installed um, motion-censored video cameras all, oh all around the school. And so one night, um, they, they, they were alerted that their, these cameras are sensing motion in the school. Uh-oh. And I, actually, this this might have been like the next day they come in and say, "Oh, we got something on the on the camera. Let's see what it was." It's like three a.m. in the morning. There's nobody here at three a.m. Yeah, you know what is it? So you watch this video, and it's just kind of still for a minute. It's just a little hallway. You see some lockers and some doors and and like a, a wet floor sign, you know, trash can things like that. All of a sudden, this door opens. And you don't see anybody walk through the door. And then this door just slams, like, bam, violently slams. I, I, I like, flinched. It was so loud. The it first like, time I watched it, I actually it like jumped. You're, like, so tense and you're watching it because nothing's happening. And the door, like, opens up and then, bam. bam. It was loud. And there is audio on the video, too. So that, you know, it just really brings you to that location at that time. That's insane. Oh, and then the lockers and, start. And, and, and oh. the lockers it, it gets shake? It gets better. The, the room is quiet again. All of a sudden, there's this bank of lockers. And one of them just starts shaking back and forth. From the wall, just completely, you know, coming almost like it's going to tip over. Then it gets shoved back against the wall. Boom, boom, on the same boom, video? boom, yeah. on the same video. Okay, we just this one, this up as soon just as this one locker, and then that stops, and then just a little, you know, just a few feet away, some smaller lockers. One of them pops open like violently and papers come flying out of the locker spread all over the floor and again it just goes still and then you're waiting for okay what's next and it's like somebody kicks the wet floor sign and it goes flying up in the air and lands down on the ground and there is nobody around and you know i look for i'm looking for strings i'm looking for any way that this could be hoaxed and I even went out on Snopes online, and I couldn't find anything about it, about it there. Um, but it, it's it's just recently happened, you know. It's 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 been all over the web, so you know, I don't know if the full story is out yet. But they even I found an interview with the principal, and he says, "Hey, you know, we have no idea what caused this. We don't have any." explanation for why this happened but you've got to see this video if, if you're yeah. looking for a good ghost yeah. story to watch tonight go check it out 
And if it's a hoax, it's it's one of the most well done hoaxes I've ever seen. You you'd be talking Hollywood level special effects, and I'm not saying it would be impossible to hoax. No, it would it would just have to be so elaborate. I mean, the way those lockers were shaken, you'd almost need some, like some sort of hydraulic system in place. I mean, some of the other things like the the wet floor sign. Okay, you could have been it could have been fishing string, you know. But some of the other stuff, I mean, you're talking a pretty elaborate hoax. So, so somebody either spent a lot of time on this. Or you just got a good old paranormal video. <laughs> wow. We gotta so, check this out. Yeah, you I have not I it. saw you post it and I was like, oh I'm gonna watch that later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Parties. But anyway, folks, uh, you know, the good we gotta get the ghosts and the goblins to bed. Yep, so uh, gotta wrangle them up. <laughs> so we wanna thank you for joining us here on Halloween. You have a wonderful holiday and uh, don't open that door if you're not sure what's on the other side. Don't be inviting any vampires in. Don't do that. <laughs> Stay scared, everyone.